0: This is Where We Live. From Connecticut Public Radio, I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Mayor Joe Ganim won endorsement from Bridgeport's Democratic Town Committee last month for another term, but that was easy compared to 2015 when he staged a comeback to City Hall after serving time in federal prison on corruption charges. Now the incumbent is up against petitioning candidate State Senator Marilyn Moore. Today where we live, Joe Gannum joins us to talk about why he's running for Bridgeport Mayor Gann. Are you a Bridgeport resident? What kind of job do you think Joe Gannum's doing for the Park City? Does he deserve to be reelected? You can join us, 860. Or rather, our toll-free number, 888-720-WMPR, 888-720-9677. I want to welcome Mayor Gannum back to the show. He's joining us today from the studios at WSHU in Fairfield, Connecticut. Mayor Gannum, welcome back.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here, and um, appreciate the time with uh,
0: you. So to uh, remind all of our listeners, uh, many who are not just in uh, the city of Bridgeport, you've served six terms as mayor of Bridgeport. There was a break in between. Uh, looking back over the last four years, you know, how would you rate uh, the status of your city today?
2: Well, we're on the right track clearly uh we took over when you know the, it's all too common sometimes when you see large cities having budget problems there was one that we inherited uh police born uh, to funded departments stag- stagnation in some economic development projects um look at are we're, we're getting things done and there's more work more work ahead but i will say that um, i'm feeling that over the last three years with the help of so many people and partnerships um all the way around not only we've got on the on the right track, but we've got over a, a billion dollars of, uh, of investment going on in the city and have made uh, what people have said are um, improvements in the things that are important to their lives. So, again, uh, there's always more work to be done. These are, these are always work in progress, but um, I'm excited to continue to work every day for uh, the people at Bridgeport and make it a Bridgeport, as I like to say, that works for everyone.
0: When you talk about uh, millions of dollars in investment, that's something that you campaigned on, bringing in a number of development projects. Uh, give us the rundown of what you campaigned on in 2015 and what's come um, to actually happen, uh, Mayor Gannam.
2: Well, we've had one of the largest economic development initiatives, private money, over over half a billion dollars in, in cleaner energy. And we'll see finally the um, the dismantling of the last coal-burning plant in the state of Connecticut on Bridgeport's waterfront, which will clear the way for even more exciting waterfront development right across from Steel Point where um, tens of millions of dollars have gone in over the years. We had now have um, a, a signature building there, um, the start of development next to Bass Pro with, with waterfront uh, boat docks and so on. So, so that's one. Um, you're also seeing uh, rising up, <laughs> you know, where, where after 20 years of baseball, we're seeing uh, one of the premier uh, entertainment companies in the world, Live Nation, invest with us um, some $25 million in an outdoor amphitheater, which will bring in all the types of uh, ve- the venue for all types of music and and entertainment that you'd like to see, not just for Bridgeport and Fairfield County, but I think will attract well beyond that. Those are two off the top of my head. Later in the week, if you give me another uh, couple seconds, um, on what used to be the worst entry gateway to Bridgeport coming in from Fairfield with old, tired, um, empty factory buildings have now been converted by, uh, again, outside investors investing money in Bridgeport and creating jobs good-paying, quality jobs, Um, a $250 million conversion. It's called Cherry Street Lofts because they're loft-style apartments where they took the old factories and turned them into really cool housing, Um, many of them affordable housing uh, with an educational component and a retail component and a part of Bridgeport that was not only underutilized but but just really had a bad gateway visual, and now that's changing dramatically. So I can continue to go on uh, to go to the east end uh somewhat of a forgotten neighborhood by past administrations where we're seeing the first uh main avenue Stratford avenue as it's called it's a one-way street that runs through the east end of bridgeport um poised for and we'll, we'll have a visual there on friday with with community leaders who have made this thing happen in partnership with the city uh the civic block as it's called um developed uh finally so I can I can keep going. When well, you, I'm
0: curious when you talk about um, good jobs, good paying jobs. How many jobs are we talking about with the Cherry Street facility?
2: Oh, hundreds, hundreds of jobs. Uh, I can get you numbers, but I mean these are these are substantial. Um, the bricklayers uh, have, have been a part of that. The building trades have have been a part of that. I mean these are these are uh, the type of things that impact people's lives and families. There's been job training on some of these sites. Um, so I'm excited and Bridgeport jobs. I mean when you look at it, one of the things I've I've made an important part of what I talk about when we support these projects is if it's housing, to have an affordable component of that housing, and it has to if it has public money in it, and some of these projects do, and two is that they have Bridgeport jobs. So we need to do more on that and, and certainly enjoy talking about what we need to do over the next four years to continue the progress. But uh, a key element to what we need to do in a city like Bridgeport and in Bridgeport in particular and all of our cities is create job opportunities for residents.
0: It's interesting. I didn't hear you talk about uh, bringing a casino to Bridgeport. That was something you lobbied hard for. Uh, Governor Lamont uh, and lawmakers, you know, don't, they don't want to see a uh, deal with MGM uh, right away. They don't want to uh, alienate the, the tribal compact with the two Connecticut tribes. Uh, is this something that you hope to see in the future? Will you push again for a casino, Mary
2: I will, and I'll do it. I'm not a gambler, and I don't mean to say that as a, as a, as a, anything against uh, gambling as a form of entertainment. And there's always concerns about the challenges you could have with any of these uh, things uh, like gambling. But at the at the beginning or the end of the day, it's about again about jobs, and, and you hit the nail on the head. But it's an entertainment. What we're talking about, and we could you know we could disagree over size, and and, and I've always said. Um, it almost as a cliche, it's not a beauty contest over who has a better uh, schematic or drawing. It's about a practical ability to bring in investment with, if it's casino as as an engine that drives a, a large, possibly a waterfront uh, entertainment complex, I'm for that and, and have fought for it. So the backdrop of this last session was that I was up there and I worked with uh, many members of our legislative delegation, leaders like Chris Rosario, uh, Dennis Bradley and the rest of the delegation by and large to say, hey, wait a minute, we're never gonna get the full loaf, apparently, because of the competing interests that go on. This industry is too powerful and, 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 and too, too complicated. But we do know that we want jobs for Bridgeport. We do know that Bridgeport probably presents one of the best locations along I-95, the waterfront proximity to New York, um, with our own airport that's under under review for development. And we will work with you. And um, the, the team, so to speak, the tribes, I'll call them the team, that has the monopoly in Connecticut, whether we like it or not, uh, a a law that was signed some decades ago says that they have the right to operate casinos in Connecticut. And so what segued into a lack of interest, apparently, by, uh, you mentioned MGM, turned into a a sprouting of interest by uh, the tribes. So we pushed, and will continue to push, uh, to see if we can make that happen again for jobs. I will tell you, you mm -hmm. though, uh, one of the reasons it didn't go forward is some legislators were, were a clear disappointment. Um, some that are talking about um, uh, in Bridgeport now uh, what they might be able to do for Bridgeport, and I'm sure we'll get into the other candidates, um, were not as supportive, and people around the state were not as supportive. So that continues to be a challenge for us, and we can talk about that mm. a little bit more and on some other questions. Well,
0: when you say uh, lawmakers were a clear disappointment, who are you talking about? Because aren't they also representing their constituents? Is another casino in Connecticut really good for your community, Mayor Gannon? When you well, mention jobs, I mean there's
2: yeah, I guess, one-off jobs. So, so uh, I guess get to get to it in the, in the context of a Merrill, this Merrill uh, uh, race, and um, when Marilyn Moore was on here for her interview and what she said repeatedly, she's not in favor of a casino. She wants a. She thinks the answer to Bridgeport's uh, challenges for jobs, um, and for better quality, uh, uh, I don't know, development is a. Uh, is um, either a farmer's market or a food hub, which i don 't really know what that is, but you know it was it was somewhat disappointing when we were looking for people to champion what is the largest possible economic development project for the city uh, with jobs hundreds we've talked about thousands of jobs to have someone up there in a powerful position in the Senate be a no show mm-hmm. and I think that's you know something people need to look at when um, when they're looking at who they want to be the champion. Uh, somebody, so to speak, on important issues as uh, as head of the, the state's largest city. In this case, who want to vote in Bridgeport's primary in September tenth?
0: But again, I mean, what kind of jobs are you talking about? You're talking about retail, uh, slot workers. I mean, really, how how well paying are those jobs? And if you look at MGM Springfield, a lesson uh, that some people saw coming. MGM Springfield isn't even making the type of money that they said they would.
2: Oh, I think those are all. Um, at least the Springfield example. I think you. You make a good point there. And I think that you know what Bridgeport would look at is not something to the magnitude. I don't think you should overbuild. I think you should use it as an engine to drive and bring in other development. But I do think they are decent paying jobs. Um, I've been to uh, a number of these. Again, a job is a job. If you're, and I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you've, you've looked for work. But people yes. that are listening, if you've, <laughs> looked, if you've looked for work and there's a job opportunity, you know, we all become a little bit more humbler. You know, I don't care what our uh, our background is and our skills. Um, And it's important to have at least the opportunity. And I want those opportunities for people in uh, the city of Bridgeport. So I think it's disappointing for anybody to turn away um, or not champion anything that can um, bring in investment, help lower property taxes, help bring money in for education. And then at the the beginning of the end of the discussion, uh, create jobs, bring a hotel in, uh, food and beverage workers, construction jobs. I mean, these are these are not. Uh, no disrespect to your question. These are not throwaway um, uh, jobs that we're talking about either.
0: But with construction jobs, once it's built, they've got to move on. Those aren't ones that uh, that stick around and help.
2: Right, and then we have more construction jobs. Um, that's the goal. I mean, that's how that's how the, kind of the world works. You're right. You build <laughs> it, and when it's done, you move <laughs> on to other jobs. And then there are people that run and operate them. So I guess you know you can you can. There's always uh, as there is with everything. Um, uh, you know the the. Opportunity. Uh, I think my my job, and I hope people that understand that we need to do more for our city that are sensitive to, it, that are real, that have rolled up their sleeves and want to meet the challenges, understand this is a, this is not perfect. And it's not in place of any of the other development projects that we have going on in the city that are creating jobs. But it is one more that I'll fight for, mm-hmm. and I wish others would too.
0: Uh, you mentioned uh, economic development. There was another a project that you were really pushing. I believe there was a, a New York developer. This is the redevelopment of the, majest- the downtown Majestic and uh, Poli Palace theaters along with a hotel a complex. What's happened with that, Mayor Gannon?
2: Poli and Majestic theaters Thank have you. a historic <laughs> place in, uh, in Bridgeport. When I uh, was running again for mayor, my mother, um, and she's still around. Said one thing you got to do is don't forget the polar majestic Thursday nights. This was the place to go, and when I go to the senior centers and mention it, it always gets a round of applause. But beyond the nostalgia of it, it is a part of Bridgeport's future. Um, it isn't moving as quickly as I would like, but it is moving. They are investing money now in the remediation that hasn't made the the, the press uh, recently, but the remediation is going on. It's hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of dollars going. Um, there are uh, letters of financing that have been shared with me and there is the uh, opportunity to announce shortly a, um, the hotel component of that. So I was told it would be further along than it is now, but I have seen um, they just finished one of their signature New York projects. Um, and the developer showed me it's phenomenal. So I have confidence in the developer and that it's going forward, uh, as are some of the other projects in the city. And those are local jobs. Those are gonna be uh, the type of thing that's gonna light up that end of, of Main Street the way that, in a positive way, the way things like the Comedy Club and uh, some of the other developments down the other end of downtown Main Street are, uh, are doing for our downtown.
0: When you say uh, moving forward, uh, what does that mean? Does that mean like uh, shovels in the ground uh, within well, the next year?
2: Well, I don't know. Where, I don't know. I think the remediation is more inside the building. Uh, remediation meaning that uh, some of these old buildings have uh, environmental issues. I, like, you know, I'd, I'd probably be guessing to say whether it's asbestos, you know, these whatever it is. But they've engaged and have hired and begun. That's the first process before they can start, kind of, uh, you know, in the construction phase, going to the next step. They have to make sure it's environmentally clean. That's true of a lot of, um, a lot of the historic buildings that uh, we've r- kind of recaptured and repurposed in Bridgeport and that 's why it takes a long time, but one of the things we'd like one of the things that I like about what we 've done and what we continue to do and, and I give credit to some of the past or prior administrations is is we've tried to retain some of the historic character of a lot of the downtown. Some cities have gone ahead and said let 's knock this one down, knock that one down we 've done some of that the ones that we can 't but a lot of them are historic uh, historic um, uh, capturing or recapturing, and they, they do so much to add character while, while creating affordable housing, which is Push the population for downtown residents uh, up from hundreds to uh, to thousands. So, so some good stuff going on. Uh, anybody that doesn't know that, or anybody that thinks they want to run for mayor and, and doesn't can't, can't be fluent on the amphitheater, the comedy mm-hmm. club, uh, the Poli Majestic, uh, P.S. and G., uh, the Civic Block, uh, Cherry Street, and doesn't know about that stuff. Uh, you know. <laughs> this is not, um, this is not a, a place where you can just get out and just say, uh, you know, make some some colorful soundbite speeches and think you're going to run the largest city and be effective at it. There's too much at stake. Too many lives uh, are in the balance whether you work here or you live here, and it's too complicated and complex a, a, of a series of challenges. So I, I'd ask people, and I was kind of disappointed. I went to a forum, and there were three people sitting with me, and I couldn't understand what any of them were saying. Um, some didn't know uh, that seniors even get... Uh, uh, free passes to the parks i mean it's just little stuff and big stuff so it's a it's an important job and it's an important day on september 10th for people to come out um, it's not about, you know, good sound bites and, and and things like that. It's about running this, the city effectively and keeping the progress going.
0: Mayor Joe Ganim is in studio, rather, at WSH. You're joining us today uh, for a sit-down conversation, why he's running for re-election with the September 10th primary uh, coming up. You can join us, uh, 888-720-WMPR, if you have a question for Mayor Ganim. Uh, Ben's calling. Ben, what's your question?
3: Hi. Um, I was kind of disturbed a little while ago to hear the mayor say that uh, the PSEG gas plant is uh, cleaner energy because it's really not. And we, I volunteer with 350 Connecticut, and we were there with local activists fighting against this plant because it not only raises the risk of explosions in Bridgeport from the pressurized gas, it also doesn't help the asthma problem for people that are in the city because it's still – leaking methane into the air and furthermore there wasn't the coal plant is not closed yet it's running for the next two years while this plant is going and we've seen nationwide that gas plants are closing because they're not used anymore so those jobs are not permanent. so the pseg deal is not something that the mayor should be bragging about it's something that he should be regretful about because that should have been allowed to happen
2: no, I appreciate your perspective, I, but but somewhat disagree with you. First of all, I agree it's, co- it's still fossil, and so it's not um, what we're doing with other things like the thermal loop, which we're doing for our downtown, which I could share. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the thermal loop, but that's innovative, uh, clean. It's not wind, which we're doing. Uh, we're looking at doing soon as well, and solar, which we've done uh, acres of solar on our our landfill. Um, uh, covering a, a, an old landfill so so we do have and we are innovative uh, in the areas of clean but this is better and we are decommissioning the last coal-burning plant in the state of Connecticut. Granted it's not gonna happen tomorrow but it's under an order and a decree and that is good news and that will get rid of coal-burning and the smokestacks and we to talk about asthma and some of the other implications that we've seen in the numbers um, so we're we're making progress and I appreciate the fact that it's far from perfect but uh, it, is, um, it is better, cleaner. Um, it is needed energy. It does uh, provide energy for 500,000 homes, and it's 385 megawatts of cleaner. So, um, so I, you know, I respect the, the, the extent of the environmental perspective that you bring. But at the end of the day, it's also um, a $550 million investment that created hundreds of jobs. I would have liked to see more. Uh, but a lot of it is, is technology-driven, and um, it does help us uh, fight what's higher taxes in an urban center where the state seems to have forgotten, uh, what, uh, uh, what a, uh, aggressive, forgotten that a regressive tax like property taxes has an impact on families who are struggling to make ends meet. So there's a lot of balancing of factors, but I do appreciate your perspective, Ben, and I hope that um, you, know, you, can, you can see it's better but far from perfect, is I think we have to kind of look at a lot of things.
0: You can join our conversation with Mayor Gannum. He's running for re-election. If you have a question for him, eight 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 seven two wnpr or 888 We'll be back after a short break. This is where we live, from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy knopfith The mayor of Bridgeport is my guest today. Joe Gannam is running for re-election after staging a comeback in 2015. He's the Democratic Party's endorsed candidate for the September 10th Democratic primary. His challenger is State Senator Marilyn Moore, who petitioned her way onto the ballot. Now, do you live in Bridgeport? How would you rate the job Mayor Gannum's done over the last four years? Do you think he deserves to be reelected? Join the conversation, eight 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 seven two WMPR, wnpr or find us on Facebook and Twitter at where we live. Um, uh, mayor, we heard a, a caller uh, talk about uh, asthma in your city. And I was curious, you know, as mayor, what have you been doing to help the children in Bridgeport in terms of uh, their education, uh, the health uh, conditions that um, some um, have because of, say, uh, poor air quality. I haven't really heard you talk about uh, the kids in the city of Bridgeport.
2: Mm, well, I certainly talk about the kids uh, a lot. As a matter of fact, uh, we put a uh, strong effort. Uh, the Board of Education cut the distance um, or increased the distance, cut the bus routes, and uh, we encouraged them through a partnership with the new superintendent to put up a hard-found uh, from various sources over uh, over a million dollars to, uh, to restore that, and I'm, I want to thank them for voting to accept those monies to put those bus routes back in place for safety concerns as well as convenience of some 1,200 families and parents before school starts. So I went to the uh, the beginning of school, the, the, uh, the gathering of all of the administrators, and thanked them for their efforts um, in the schools every day, but also we need to do more. We're going to be announcing um, later on this week... Um, what is going to be the most comprehensive uh, school program, a capital improvement program since I was mayor some uh, 20 years ago, where we're going to take a good look at rebuilding. We were in Harding High School, the new Harding High School uh, yesterday. Central has been uh, revamped to a certain extent and almost a new Central. But This will be a new BASIC High School finally coming on the boards. And all the schools, the infrastructure, um, and continue to make a commitment where we can with partnerships with the Board of Ed to do more for students in the classroom. But there needs to be more on uh, things like, what are we doing for um, young people that are that are either the victims of or involved in gun violence? And I don't think we can do enough on that, whether it's locally, uh, statewide, or nationally. But I've tried to be an advocate. I've been in Hartford. I've been in Washington. Um, I have took Harding High Schools up to Hartford to advocate for uh, more, uh, stronger, more sensible gun laws in the state of Connecticut, um, and tried to expand what we can for after-school programs in the city of Bridgeport. In some ways, have been a a leader where we can lead, and at times, a a participant, partner, or a follower. But whatever we can do um, in general areas, both in education and in opportunities for young people, uh, we try to do that. When they cut some of youth money, for instance, uh, two years ago, the state um, cut the money. Uh, And we had a kind of, we weren't in the greatest financial situation as a city. We were still kind of cobbling together from the deficit that was left by my prior prior mayor. We were a little out over our skis, as I said, and said, you know what? School's going to be out soon. We need to come up with hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're going to come up with that money. If the state puts it back, fine. If they don't, we need to do it anyways. And we did. And uh, I've tried to make a constant commitment on uh, those type of initiatives. They're never enough. You know, 150 jobs, let's say, for young people when, there should, when there's 600 applicants. So we need to do more. We need to do more, but it needs to be clear, consistent um, uh, policies year after year. And we need help on a state, on a state level. We're not getting on a federal level. Uh, we've gotten some on a state level, but we need more there. We need stronger advocates uh, for these type of things and for an urban agenda for our city to continue to prosper.
0: Uh, everyone um, often uh, points to the state needing to provide more support, but what about uh, just locally? Would you say that the Bridgeport Board of Education is doing uh, the best job they can? Uh, they, they do have a reputation for a lot of infighting. As mayor, do you think you need to have a, a bigger role on the Board of Ed?
2: So let me turn to the positive on that. Um, last night they voted in favor, so that was kind of an act of, of partnership. The new superintendent has clearly laid out an agenda of partnership and and has com, had, had instilled confidence with leadership on the city council as a result, and therefore the um, the advocacy for a hard sought precious dollars um, in partnership will continue to to, to reap benefits. Uh, so that there's an accountability level. Uh, we just recently there was this whole cry out by uh, you know it's a political season, so they all say, "Well, we're, we're, the board of it doesn't short five million dollars." Well, you know what? There's a partnership that has has addressed that. So, And then with this capital initiative that we're going to launch later this week, um, I think we're going to start to position ourselves as we should, where we left off years ago, making incremental improvements. And, and then lauding our bright lights, some of our students that just really um, shine but, but probably don't get the recognition because they get kind of overwhelmed with a lot of the uh, the bickering that goes back and forth. So there's an election on September 10th. Board, a school of Board members are on that ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, top line endorsed candidates will bring fresh fresh faces young people and i think a hope for uh, the continuation of a partnership for the betterment of the schools but they got to come out and vote the top line i'm going to give myself a commercial vote the top line for democrats on september 10th if you want better schools bottom that that that's uh, you know the end the end of the story i can tell you that you can join
0: our conversation with Mayor Gannam, especially if you live in Bridgeport. He's running for re-election, as you mentioned, the number eight 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 seven two zero 720 WMPR or eight 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 seven two zero nine six seven seven. 720 9677 Mike's calling from Bridgeport. Mike, go ahead um, and just be brief with your question. We only have so much time.
4: Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so first of all, I just want to respond to what the mayor's been saying, because uh, it's really difficult for young people to prosper um, in a city that is actively disinvesting in them and uh, mayor gannam has um, actively uh under underfunded the school district um shifted money away from the school system into the police um recently spent several million, millions of dollars on a tiger for the beardsley zoo um when the schools uh, again have have no money um there's schools that have no no paper in the classrooms um is there a question uh, is there a question or, uh, or
2: you want yeah, to do a commercial
4: uh, 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 yeah yeah I, I do have a question um okay so my my question is specifically speaking about young people which you just were uh, the question is, um, we have two young people, um, two youth of color, uh, in Bridgeport um, that were murdered by the Bridgeport police for the past uh, past two years. Fifteen-year-old um, Jason Negron and eighteen-year-old Corbin Cooper. Um, you, uh, Mayor Ganem, you had the you had the authority to you, fire you the officers question. involved in Jason Negron's murder since May 9, twenty seventeen, and you have chosen not to, not in, not to take action, not to fire Bridgeport police officer James Boulay, a white man from Ansonia who um, was allowed, has been allowed to police um, Bridgeport and has, has been allowed to remain a cop since May 9, 2017, when he opened fire and, and killed 15-year-old Jason Negron, a young, uh, a young Puerto Rican child. Um, and we still don't know the names of the is officers there, you involved have a, a in, question? in the murder of 18-year-old Corbin Cooper on June 14, 2018. Mike is, yeah. when are you going to hold those officers accountable?
2: Yeah, I appreciate your question.
0: Go ahead, Mayor Gannum.
2: I'm not sure what the question was. He He's wants to hear. Hold on, Mayor Gennam.
0: I'm the host, so I'm going to ask. tell you what he asked. He asked if you're going to hold Officer James Boulay uh, accountable for the death of Jason Negron. I know that the state police, uh, they investigated and cleared the officer, but I think this also points to uh, there is an issue in your community about people having trust with the police and also want to know what you're doing about um, a, making a, sure that there is that trust and accountability
2: absolutely, a- absolutely. there was a, just a you know a lot packed in there so but certainly on that topic and whether he asked it or not let's talk about it because it's it, it's it's critically important on a number of fronts and um, terribly tragic all the way around um, on the family side on 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 the loss um, everything that happened um, and, you know, it's a moment where there's no way to kind of say, say anything that doesn't have a sad kind of feel to it on, on this all the way around. Um, but I will tell you the, the, the elements of what happened as far as an investigation, because of state law, were taken over immediately by the chief state's attorney's office. We The local police lost jurisdiction uh, from the moment that that happened. And if you want to fault or, or blame or credit Um, we have to look at exactly what happened. They did, and to my uh, dissatisfaction, took a very long time. I sent a letter up to the chief state's attorney's office saying, uh, release the the videos, and and they kind of got mad at me. Um, But bottom line was they did their investigation, they put it all up online, and they came out with the results. They're the sole uh, jurisdiction, if you will, uh, on that and these matters because of state laws that were passed whether we like it or not and i think they were done for good reason it uh, takes it out of the hands of local where officers can be familiar with other officers and so therefore it may uh, create a, a perception a reality of bias and the results are uh, what they are and that's when when that when, let me finish i got to be at least as long as the question um, when, we only have uh, so much time, Marianne. I'm sorry, it's your show, but I got yeah, exactly. to answer it, I will. Well, I
0: did have. I just want to ask a follow up because there's the no, Jason Negrone. There's me, a, a, a Jason the Negrone question. There's a Jason Negron case, but there's also all this other stuff happening within the Bridgeport Police Department. Uh, investigation of excessive force by Bridgeport officers at a Halloween party in 2017. An internal affairs report finding 17 of the officers engaged in misconduct. There's another uh, case of an officer uh, that was uh, filmed uh, hitting a suspect in the back of the head what's going on within the police department and are I'm just curious as mayor what are you doing about it
2: absolutely and I've said on that that uh, that officer has no place after seeing that video no place on the Bridgeport Police Department and have called for accountability on that number one Um, number two all the officers any officer um, and I feel strongly about this as mayor as a citizen. Will be Anybody that gets to walk around, and, and I have great respect for our law enforcement, we have many great officers, but uh, if you walk around as law enforcement and have the ability to carry a gun, there's a higher level. And uh, we just fired an officer last week. I've called for and will continue to demand accountability at all levels within our police department because that's what has to happen. Um, it doesn't happen fast enough for me uh, as it doesn't happen fast enough for others. But um officer was fired this past week. I've said probably prematurely, that what I've seen in that video calls for that officer to no longer be a member of the Bridgeport Police Department and will continue to call for that level of accountability mm-hmm. in our department. I hope other mayors across the country and police chiefs across the country who face these similar challenges will continue to do the same. Um, that's, that's what we need to do. Uh, so uh, so I'm, I'm with with uh, all those that feel that way on this topic. And whether I do it outspokenly, which I've done uh, recently, um, or uh, in holding accountability with members of the city council, What that department needs to do, we'll continue to do it.
0: Um, Do you stand behind uh, hiring uh, Police Chief Armando Perez? Uh, Again, uh, somebody that you've known for a long time. There were people in your city who didn't want to see Police Chief Perez in that role.
2: Of course there weren't, but there were overwhelmingly people that responded, uh, community groups uh, from across the city, uh, and uh, that did want. Chief Perez. He had developed good relationships uh, with community groups across the city. He had dealt well uh, in his term as acting police chief. Now, if he's not doing his job, I'll hold him accountable as well. I've done that with all my department heads and will continue to do it, Uh, whether we we know each other well or we don't. And I think that my record with uh, people in my administration have been moved, have been let go, um, have been disciplined, and that will continue. It has to, or I'm not doing you know, the job that I think that uh, I need to do and be responsive. But in the interim, while we've done that, we've been able to hold budgets together, hold the line on taxes for three years, cut taxes slightly this year, um, have reached out and actually have given more money in the areas of education, have seen over a billion dollars of investment in the city of Bridgeport. And those are the type of things, I know you're going to run out of time, type of things that people need to look at as they go forward to the September 10th primary, consider whether or not Bridgeport's on the right mm-hmm. track, and we're getting things done, and whether, you know, going around just saying I can do a better job because certainly the Gann administration is far from perfect, um, that uh, have put any comprehensive plans out there that give people confidence and trust that they really can run this city with all of its challenges. It is a tough job. I was encouraged when I heard people saying they wanted to run, they had ideas. I'm clearly disappointed at what I've seen about a lack of a vision for job creation, economic development by my opponent, a lack of any plans or comprehensive ideas on what can be done better, or a way to do it. And this is a real important election coming up on September 10th. People need to take a good hard look at what's on in line here with the city's future and come out and vote, and I hope that they'll do that.
0: Here again, um, I wanted to ask you, there is an FBI probe into alleged uh, misappropriation of money from the sale of scrap metal. I understand a deputy uh, was fired, and John Ricky, head of public facilities, uh, he was docked a month's pay. Uh, is that enough uh, to send a message to uh, city workers that uh, when there's uh, these kinds of things happening on behind the scenes, that's that's not acceptable?
2: It's clearly not acceptable. And there was a recommendation by Labor Relations and a variety of department heads that were charged with investigating this, and it's well-documented and, and interviews and, and was done. And at some point, it becomes an issue for law enforcement. And that's what happened in this case. And when law enforcement takes over... Uh, civil and city step back and law enforcement will do their job. If if they've done it completely, they'll look at, hopefully find out where the money went. Um, this is not the first city this has happened in. It doesn't make it right. It's old school. It's unacceptable. And I did, it took as strong as action as I was recommended to take on these employees, fired people that were in high positions and docked others. But, you know, Stanford had the same issue. Fairfield had the same issue. Greenwich had the same issue. And uh, somehow people think in public works that there are thought in the past that, that was acceptable practices. Message goes out, it's not acceptable. Uh, whether it's uh, FBI or state police or local police, if there's money's taken, uh, people um, are going to get, I assume, if they can prove it, they'll, they're going to they're handle it. Civilly, there's only so much we can do uh, we took what was appropriate action. I think we've sent a clear message out. We'll continue to do that to anybody in the city of Bridgeport who works for the city of Bridgeport um, who is not doing their job. They'll be held accountable.
0: Uh, the FBI is still investigating. So do you think that uh, this uh, action that you took, uh, this uh, employee that was fired, another one again, uh, penalized by docking a months paid, is that end there, Mayor Gannon? Do you know?
2: Oh, I, I, I don't know. That You'd have to ask you know, that law enforcement on on how they what they see what they do they do their own they're completely separate and independent we did send them everything that we had as we went along um and uh, there was communications early on as soon as we found this stuff out uh from uh i think it was city attorney and and so on to make sure that uh, what we had was provided to them but from there i couldn't speak i wouldn't disrespect their offices let them do their job um and we did what we could do civilly internally to the point that we could um, and I will continue to do that as mayor, because accountability is important, and we have to make sure that we have people in place and processes going on that can serve the 150,000 people um, every day, and um, I look forward to doing it for the next four years.
0: We're running out of time, but a uh, listener Ralph, uh, wanted to ask you, uh, Bridgeport's trying to create housing downtown. What is the city doing to connect downtown to its waterfront park in a way that's more walkable and bikeable?
2: Yeah, the the great thing about Steel Point was we put in the public promenade. We made it an essential piece of it. So even if you don't go to the restaurant there, which is great, uh, or or uh, any of it, you have a right as a resident or is it just the public to walk around the public promenade that is a twenty million dollar investment of some public private money and really begin to enjoy that. The ferry dock will some the ferry dock and the ferry will some be, soon be moving over there. That's another exciting element of what's going on there. The bridge. Finally, the bridge that will connect that part of the city uh, t- to the downtown uh, is underway. Uh, so infrastructure projects are going on, maybe not as glitzy and glamorous, but things that need to happen. Um, and uh, we're trying to do a gateway, a gateway on Park Avenue to the, uh, to the Seaside Park um, from uh, Park Avenue and continue to kind of do beautification of the park city. One of the things maybe I don't talk about enough, but I like to see happen, trees planting, flowers planting, streetscapes, Um, As much as that as we can do, at the same time maintaining our commitments, our our critical commitments to public safety, balancing a budget, keeping taxes down, um, commitments to education. Um, These are the type of things that, you know, people talk about when I knock on their doors, and I try and be responsive as I can and let them know we still have more work to do, but we're, we're trying to get it done every day for them.
0: Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannam running for re-election. His name on the primary ballot, September 10th, alongside challenger of State Senator Marilyn Moore. He joined us today from the studios of WSHU in Fairfield, Connecticut. Mayor Gannam, thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you so much.
0: This is Where We Live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy nall Coming up, we're going to get some analysis from someone who reports on Bridgeport Daily. That's Brian Lockhart. You can join us, too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live. From Connecticut Public Radio, I'm Lucy nall We just heard from Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannum, who's seeking re-election. Will he win easily? Primary day, September 10th? Does the general election this November even matter for this longtime politician in a heavily Democratic city? Uh, Joining us now for some analysis uh, via Skype, Brian Lockhart, who covers Bridgeport for the Connecticut Post. Brian, welcome back. Good morning, Lucy. So, uh, Mayor Gannam on the defensive uh, today. Um, just curious what you thought about some of his response uh, to caller's questions.
1: On It's interesting. On the gas plant, that was actually a project that he inherited um, from the prior mayor, Bill Finch. So, it's not a Gannam project alone. Um, it was something that he had inherited and... It's, you know, to be fair to this mayor, um, Mayor Bill Finch had a reputation as the quote unquote green mayor. Um, but Mayor Finch did not want to lose PSEG either. They're one of the largest taxpayers in Bridgeport. And so it was sort of a compromise. Um, no one really wanted the coal plant, but the gas plant was viewed as a compromise, um, a, a, a somewhat cleaner way to um, provide energy, but by also keeping PSEG on the tax rolls. Um go ahead
0: Oh, and so I'm just curious, uh, when we uh, caller brought up uh, Jason Negron, again, this yep. was a, a teenager uh, that was uh, killed by police, the state investigated, cleared the officer, Officer Boulay. Uh, this really, uh, I guess, changed the the tone of the interview. This is something that uh, Mayor Ganim is still pretty defensive about. I mean, what's your take on when you're talking with residents in the city of Bridgeport with how uh, Mayor Ganim is, is uh, whether he's answering or acknowledging um, this level of distrust in the community? when it comes to the police
1: you know something he didn't mention is that his administration um, earlier this year did announce that they were hiring a special consultant um, I believe he's a former uh, Washington DC police chief um, chief Ramsey who was supposed to spend the summer kind of analyzing the department looking at these types of situations looking at how cops are disciplined um to to try and make improvements. And the results of his work have not been announced yet. And really he's been doing it very quietly. Um the the city has not been talking about what Chief Ramsey has been up to. It's definitely a sensitive topic for the mayor. Um something I've noticed recently is that he has come out more forcefully and making more force forceful statements about um allegedly bad cops. You mentioned the officer who just the other weekend, um, about a week and a half ago was caught on video, um, hitting, hitting a suspect with his gun. And immediately that day, the the mayor issued a very strong statement that really hasn't always been the case going forward. Um, he has been more measured in his responses. Um, typically, you know, typically he wants to allow the internal investigations to play out. Um, but he is, he is making stronger Statements as we get closer to the primary. So you have to you have to believe that he is feeling some pressure mm-hmm. to kind of stand up there and and show more leadership when it comes to trying to take control of the police department.
0: It sounds like he also is still standing behind his choice as police chief, Armando uh, Perez. Uh, this is someone uh, that uh, worked for him uh, way back when he was mayor the first few terms, uh, before he went, before uh, Mayor Gannon went to prison on, on federal corruption charges. Uh, I'm just curious, uh, um, do you think that that kind of loyalty will uh, persist? Uh, because there are all these, these other issues happening within the police department
1: they are very close and i think it would take a lot for this mayor to sever um i think it would be a lot to to break that relationship apart i mean we also have to remember that chief perez has a five-year contract Mm -hmm. now does that mean it's impossible for the mayor to fire him no um but i have a hard time seeing that i have a hard time imagining when that day would be um you know Chief Perez is liked and the mayor was correct that there were a lot of community leaders a lot of community groups that felt comfortable with Chief Perez he is a very likable guy um the question became did he have the management experience and and frankly was he also too politically tied in in Bridgeport um not only is he close to the mayor but he's also close to the head of the union, um, Sergeant Chuck Paris. Um, The union had actually pushed for Chief Perez to become chief. And you know, you could could argue, should the police chief be so close to both his boss and also the head of the union? Shouldn't there be some tension there? Um, Wouldn't it be better if there's some tension there? Um, Now, to be fair to Chief Perez, um, there is also an argument to be made that he doesn't have enough help at the top. When he took over as acting chief, He inherited four deputy police chiefs, um, and there was also an assistant police chief at that time. Um, Since then, two of the deputies have been defunded. Um, A third deputy has been out for several months um, and is not expected to return. So he is left with one deputy, and there is still a vacancy in the assistant chief slot. Um, So there is talk about trying to fill some of those positions and perhaps get him some of the help he needs at the top to better manage the department.
0: Uh, Mayor Gannum was knocking his challenger, State Senator Marilyn Moore, without mentioning her name, uh, talking about all the things that are happening in Bridgeport, uh, mocking her idea um, of how to bring investment uh, to the city. Uh, How vulnerable do you think he is? You mentioned, uh, you know, especially with the the police issue, um, he's being uh, more forceful uh, in his comments. But is this something, does he have to worry on primary day in a heavily Democratic city with the name recognition that he has?
1: I don't think he's taking it for granted. Let me put it that way. Um, I do think you see him you see him out campaigning, working hard. You see him um, trying to roll out different initiatives um, to get positive headlines. I mean, something he recently did that he didn't mention is he proposed um, some senior tax relief. And that, that sort of came out of the blue. I mean, there's always talk about lowering taxes in Bridgeport. He had proposed a tax break um, in the latest budget. He didn't get as large of a tax cut as he wanted um, because there was a there was a tug of war with the council over using some of that money to invest in the, in education. He did get a small tax break. Um, but then sort of out of the blue a couple weeks ago, he announced he wanted senior tax relief. And so now the, the city council, who are also all up for reelection, are moving speedily ahead um, to try and make that happen. So, it, it you know, it's pretty clear, I think, that he is working hard to ensure to try and ensure a um a september 10th primary victory i think he may be sweating a little bit he does have some vulnerabilities um you know one of the things that's interesting it it was interesting to hear him criticize senator moore um because it is it is true one of the things that i hear one of the reservations i hear people have about her is they don't know they don't know if she is up to the job of running the city Um, you, whatever you think of mayor Gannum, he certainly does have the experience. You can't deny that. Um, and Senator Moore would be, this would, she would be fresh to this. She does have executive experience having worked at AT AT&T several years ago. Um, she ran a nonprofit. Um, she's certainly no stranger to government having been in the state Senate. Um, but mayor Gannon undeniably does have more experience. That being said, at some point way back in 1991, voters gave a fresh faced Joe Gannum a chance to run Bridgeport. Um, so there is also something to be said for, you know, trying somebody new and giving them an opportunity.
0: Uh, Brian Lockhart uh, covers Bridgeport for the Connecticut Post. As we learn more about the mayoral race, uh, we focused in on the, the Democrats, uh, the incumbent uh, Joe gannam who we just heard from, and we've also spoken to State Senator Marilyn Moore. You know, I mentioned uh, Senator Moore because something that she really hits back on with gannam is uh, the uh, ability where he often will hire a lot of his allies. The City Hall has a lot of his supporters. Um, you know, one time maybe some of them were for Mayor former Mayor Finch, but uh, the the idea that um, there is uh, you know you support him and there's a way for you uh, to get uh, you know in uh, at City Hall and I'm just curious do people in the city are they tired of that cronyism?
1: Some are. Um, I guess you know I guess the only way to judge that is to is when the elections are over and if Marilyn Moore has won then we know that enough because she she as you recall she has said um, I have not promised anyone any jobs. Um, She wants the best people to try and move the city forward. Uh, you know, in politics, sometimes that is easier said than done. Um, I have a hard time imagining that we will not see some of Marilyn Moore's close allies um, get jobs in the city if she is elected. Um, Mayor Ganim did surround himself when he was reelected with very familiar faces. Uh, I mean, a ton of people who helped get him reelected. And there had been some talk at the time That because of what had happened, because of the corruption scandal um, that took him down in 2003, um, that when he came in, perhaps he would would avoid sort of the political appointments and cast a wider net for the best and the brightest. Um, Go ahead.
0: Uh, We just have a couple of minutes left. Uh, Obviously, the primary is coming up. So what are you going to be looking for uh, from both of these campaigns? And we should mention there are three Republicans also running uh, in this heavily Democratic city.
1: Basically, you know, right now, energy and in terms of sort of these armies that they have, um, Mayor Ganem is definitely out there campaigning. He's working really hard. Um, there are, he has union endorsements. So the expectation is that the unions will have their members out there helping him as well, helping assisting his campaign to get the message out. Marilyn Moore has her own union endorsements. She also has the working families party. Um, working families is going to be very interesting to watch. They have been active in Bridgeport. They have been successful in Bridgeport, um, in the past in prior races, including Senator Moore's. Uh, but this is the first time they have gotten actively involved in a mayoral race, in Bridgeport, So I think it's going to be a real test for them um, to see if they can match the, quote unquote, Democratic machine, which Mayor Ganham has on his side. So those are things that are definitely we're going to be looking for. And then obviously it's going to be very interesting because um, if Marilyn Moore does lose September 10th, She has said she plans to petition her way onto the November general election ballot as the working families candidate. So um, if she loses September 10th, that's only going to be part of the battle. We're still going to have a couple months of uh, campaigning between her and Mayor Gannum ahead of us.
0: And uh, Brian, before we go, can you remind us the three Republican candidates running uh, in the city of Bridgeport's mayor's race?
1: Sure. Um, The nominee is a John Rodriguez, and then there are two petition candidates, Ethan Book, Deshaun Francis. Um, John Rodriguez and Ethan Book um, have run unsuccessfully for other offices in the past. Deshaun is kind of a new face. He's 23. Um, he's also new to Bridgeport. He moved here, I believe, if I recall, from New York, was living in Stratford, but going to school in Bridgeport and decided to run for mayor. Um, and it's, you know, the numbers are overwhelming. I mean, whichever of them wins the primary, there are 46,500 registered Democrats in Bridgeport, 4,311 registered Republicans. So it's definitely difficult for a Republican in Bridgeport.
0: Well, we thank you, Brian Lockhart, for giving us that needed context in the city of Bridgeport. He writes for the Connecticut Post. Brian, thanks again.
1: Thanks a lot, Lucy.
0: You joined today via Skype. Today's show produced by Carmen Baskoff. Uh, Thanks to Lydia Brown on the phones uh, and also to our technical producer, Kayune Wolf. Uh, We're still trying to figure out uh, the candidates and if they'll come in uh, before the primary for the Hartford mayoral race. Uh, We'll keep you posted on that. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Thanks for listening.